it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello, and welcome back to Hold on, I'm talking, brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our review of UFC Fight Night Austin. Cater versus Emmett, a historic fight night card uh, this past weekend. And Tom Ballum, out of out of ten, what would you rank or rate? I should say this fight night card. Well, whenever we're given these rankings, they have to be anchored in some sort of reality. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't apply to the UFC's own rankings of fighters, but we will <laughs> we will get into that later on. Ooh. Joe, if we're going to preface this and say it's a, a fight night and it's following up on a card that I know you felt was one of the best of the year, yeah, this is a 10, Joe. This is a Jesus. straight 10. No hesitation. Yeah. This The only thing that would ever stop me from giving this... As a, as a fight night card, I'd say it was a 10. If it had main event with a belt on the line and a pay-per-view i would say that would be like a 10 out of 10 pay-per-view as well this was absolutely stonking uh to the point where even i think even the commentators were in slight disbelief at how like ridiculous the amount of finishes were on this card but speaking of finishes let's talk about the main event which did not get a finish in there uh sadly uh a featherweight contender matchup between josh emmett and calvin cater Ends in a decision, split decision for Josh Emmett, uh, scored 48-47 in his favour on two judges' scorecards, 48-47 on Cater, one of those cards. Tom, make the case, if you can, that Josh Emmett won three rounds of this fight. Well, uh, if you go to the man himself, uh, he was a little bit dismayed with the result as he felt he had won four of the five rounds. <laughs> now, uh, listen, before I answer your question, I have a question for you. Go on. Which round does Josh Emmett feel like he lost in that fight? It must be the first. Joe, did, you watched the fight. Please tell me that. Was it the first or the uh, second? Joe, I watched. It, I watched it. I watched it live. <laughs> All right. You, so, you so, did, it was, it was, Joe, so it was. three in the morning. Hold, hold up. You did see the fourth and the fifth round, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what? And what is your account of those two rounds? <laughs> Calvin Cater won. Them. <laughs> he, he absolutely dismantled him. Did you see Josh Emmett after the fight? Yes, he, one eye was was very much closed. But he came straight out of a you know Lord of the Rings fourth edition. <laughs> leading an army out of Mordor. He was mashed. His eye was totally closed. <laughs> Joe, he was asked in the post-fight press conference uh, if he could see out of the eye. And he was like, well, uh, I think I can see, but it hurts too much to open it. That's why it's closed. <laughs> but I, I, lo- I love that. Um, can you see out your eye? And the first answer isn't yes. It's well. <laughs> that, that's a no in my, my terminology. Yeah, um... Uh, well, Joe, kind of the answer, away, the, the answer, the answer is that Josh Emmett only felt like he lost the second round. Did he really yeah. say that? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, he did. Now, do you agree with him, Joe? How did you have it? Well, he definitely lost the second round, and uh, then he lost the fourth and the fifth, and then uh, lost the third as well. In my mind, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I remember correctly, no, 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 I had, I had Emmett winning the third. Yeah. So, Joe, for, for me, just to lay it out there, obviously, you know, we had a bit of controversy last week when we were looking at the main event. I know you've since had a bit of reflection, a bit of a come-to-Jesus moment. I know you feel a little bit embarrassed. I've had a few few mails from the fans. I don't I don't understand what you're... Joe, we're, mo- we're moving on, fight. Joe. Anyway. We're moving on. Anyway, let's move on to this. <laughs> we're moving on. And I, I'm pleased to say we are on the same page here. Uh, so, Calvin Cater... Um, you could make a case that he didn't win that first round. Emmett did end with a nice blitz, landed probably the bigger shots in the first, although they yep. were pretty evenly matched on the strikes. We go into the second where I feel, I mean, I, my, my account for the whole fight really is that without Emmett having like explosive moments, if you just let yeah. it play out, like Cater is ahead. He's always ahead, but, but, yep. but Emmett chases him down with those big moments when he gets 
Kater reacting, you know, the, the hooks to the body, the overhands, and Kater seems to be flying all around the cage. But those are just little yeah. moments. But in general, Calvin Kater leads the dance in this fight. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how, because also with Emmett, he was throwing these like big power shots, and I was watching this, and I was obviously listening to the commentary as well, and they're reacting to it in a big way. And there was a couple that landed that Kater reacted in a big way, and he sort of backed off. So that he was out of range and then he could reset and come back in. But I found that with a lot of Emmett's big shots, I found myself going, blocked, that was blocked, that was blocked as well. Because Cater kept his hands up quite close to his head because he was using mostly a boxing stance, boxing style. Jabbed the the <laughs> jabbed the heck out of uh, Josh Emmett. Um, and then sort of retreated out there. The problem, I think, is that Cater just absolutely threw... Zero combinations. It was a jab and then elbows coming in from quite a long way out. No kicks, which was probably down to the fact that he was worried that Emmett was going to take him down. Emmett did take him down and Cater got back up. So I still don't understand why Cater in rounds four and five, which again, to us, he clearly won, but to the judges, he didn't, wasn't throwing leg kicks to a guy who has had surgery on, on both knees. Joe, I'm sorry. Game plan wise, this was this was a mistake from Cater. <sighs> I mean, look, uh, I think, so we've, we, we covered the first, we covered the second there, which we gave to Cater. Emmett had the same kind of moments again in, in the third. He looked a bit yeah. a bit stronger. Cater was kind of upset from his rhythm sufficiently that you could give it to Emmett. Basically, where Emmett was able to match Cater's output, I'm all right with with giving the round to to uh, Josh Emmett. But the fourth yeah. and the fifth, there's there's no way they can be judged. No. They can, there's no way. I mean, Cater outlanded him two to one, didn't absorb, he absorb far less damage. And then if you look yeah. at the fight cumulatively, look at the two guys <laughs> at the end of the fight, who, who, who are you going to tell me won that fight? It's Yeah, I, I, I tend to dislike the eye test when it comes to these things. No pun intended on the, uh, on Josh Emmett's eye there. But you're right. Like, Emmett was busted up at the end of that fight. I mean, can I give you the numbers for the rounds four and five? Yes, please do. Because they they must have they must have given Emmett the first three rounds. Yeah, but that's because round four, Cater landed forty one of one hundred and six, and Emmett landed twenty one of eighty. So that's nearly double. Yeah. Um, and round five, thirty four of eighty six. For Kater, 22 of 67 for Emmett. Again, it's nowhere near. It's comprehensive, no. Joe, those last two rounds. Yeah. But again, let me let me uh, talk talk you through this. Round one, Kater threw one leg kick, landed that. And rounds two, three, uh, four and five, zero leg kicks. So, look, That's criminal. I mean, that is absolutely I, I criminal. understand the point you're trying to make. Uh, perhaps, yeah, it, maybe not the case in the fourth and the fifth round he certainly didn't need to do any more the thing is no. I, fa- I sound you know like I've taken a very strong position that this is a big injustice uh, but I no. actually don't feel that just to, just to pull back for a second and, and kind of go to, to your line of thinking looking at mistakes Kate has made because those thir- those first three rounds they can be scored either way they were in that margin where there's no outrage of course um, of course, yeah. I, I, yeah. In fact, I, I would say probably the clearest round for Emmett may have actually been the third. Yeah, that's uh, that was my. I think that was my. Yeah. So again, as you say, rounds one and two close, go either way, uh, and yeah, I guess technically Cater did pull away in rounds four and five, but just didn't do enough early on. Even though evidence showed that he could have actually done a lot more, like that risk really wasn't there. The power was starting to dip from Emmett as the fight went on. Seemed to empty it out in round three, trying to put him away. Maybe he knew that he couldn't go or didn't think that he could finish him late on or win those later rounds. So wanted to try and put him away. Didn't. Cater obviously won the later rounds, but didn't mix up his attack. There was there was, there was zero. Like, he, he just jab, 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 endlessly jabbing. Never a one-two, never any hooks in there. Bizarre performance, I think, in some aspects. I mean, that uh, is that is his game, though. He has got an amazing jab. You can see that. You can ask yeah. Josh Emmett and his optician, you know, right now, how effective yeah. was Cater's jab. That that's his style, Joe. I mean, obviously, it has to be has to be chalked down to a mistake because of the results and because of For the sure. stage that they're both in at their careers. We did say that this, you know, this is one of them goes up 
uh, and the other is down for a fair bit now. Um, yeah. So you have to call it a mistake for Kader. Nonetheless, we uh, we emerge with a winner in Josh Emmett. He's the one who marches forward. He's ready now for a title shot. Should he get it against the winner of Max Holloway and uh, Volkanovski? Oh, what's his win streak now? Is it six for Emmett? Yeah, he, yeah, he's got a good good number of wins under his belt now. I mean, Cater is probably the standout win there. He's probably the highest caliber opponent. It's it's five fights now for Josh Emmett, including Dan Ige, Shane Burgos, Mirsad Bektic, and Michael Johnson. So Kater- I would I would say that his wins, that five fight win streak, because of the names he has on it, is a bit more impressive than Arnold Allen's nine. Uh, Arnold Allen just needs, I think, that one more to get him over the top. Even though I don't know nine fight win streak and featherweight, that's really impressive and probably does warrant a title shot in any in in a fair and just world. Joe, Joe, is part of your account here? Is it a bit of sympathy for Emmett's age and recent injuries? You know, we have said he's thirty seven. We kind of know he's not. If he if he doesn't get it now, maybe he's not going to get it. Not quite. I I don't know. Maybe there that is not in the forefront of my mind, but maybe at the back of it there's somewhere. Um, maybe there's just not that real clear contender outside of Holloway. Um, I know that there's a matchup, there's a fight night coming up soon, actually, headlined by uh, Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. Winner of that faces Emmett for a title shot, and Arnold Allen's just excluded from the picture. Well, Arnold Allen may be facing TKZ, uh, apparently. So that could be on the cards. I mean, Arnold Allen, Emmett would be one hell of a fight, I think, uh, to put out there. I will say, though, I find Emmett, since the injury, he's a bit reduced, isn't he? There's there's something missing there. That little that little zhuzh that he had in the Bektich fight, you know, that knockout of Michael Johnson, which left him stiff, you know, and falling back. Of course, the Burgos... Um, you know, Jeremy Stevens. banger. Yeah, well, the loss to Jeremy Stevens, yeah. uh, but still, still an absolute sort of fiery performance. Uh, yeah, there, there is something slightly missing from him now. But if he gets another win, of course he deserves a title shot. All right, I think we're on the same page there. One more win for Emmett. Likewise for, you know, it's going to be very hard to argue against the winner of Ortega Rodriguez if it's in some stylish fashion. And then, of course, we've got Arnold Alden. I mean, I think we're both making the favourite against Korean Zombie. So, yeah. uh, But, yeah, no clear standout contenders. Uh, I just want to ask you one more question about this fight before we move on. Uh, And, again, it's centred on Emmett's comments after the fight. Uh, so in the same line that he was saying that he won four of the five rounds, he was also saying that he's now should be next in line for a title fight. Now that yeah. is a fighter's disposition. They they need to do that. They need to promote themselves. They need to believe. Yeah. He also then went on to talk about uh, the winner of Holloway and Volkanovski being the kind of goat of this era, at least. Uh, mm. And then he said, however, he is actually himself uh, the best featherweight in the world at the moment now does he need to believe that does he believe that he needs to believe that he needs to if he's going to be a contender and he's saying these guys are the greatest of this era yet i think i can beat them of course he's going to have to say well, that's that. a bit softer than what he the man himself said you, you've uh, you've been quite gentle to poor old have I, I, have, I haven't seen his comments I, I i didn't i didn't tuck in there was only one post fight uh, press conference I watched, which we will get to in a moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's just fighter mentality thing, isn't it? He's the one who's thinking, I'm the one that's going to beat Volkanovski, and I'm going to do it to him, and I'm going to absolutely humiliate him. He needs to think that way. Yeah, you're, I you're mean, probably right, Jim. Yeah, that is it. Anyway, should we talk about the co-main event? Uh, but, oh, hold on. What's next for Calvin Kaser? Should we... Uh... Uh, he's bumped down, Joe. You know, he's in that nether zone. G- Giga Chikadze is already... Uh... Yeah, what are we <laughs> looking at here? Well, he's going to have to fight some youngster, isn't he? Like a Tauri or something. Yeah, Evloev. Yeah, he's going to have to start... He's going to have to take out some young guns and work his way back it's up. It's a big setback, Joe. This one and the Holloway loss. It's, you know... I, I do believe... Bryce Mitchell? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the range we're looking at for him. 
I mean, we've got so yeah. many guys who are now just above him in that kind of mid to top range that he has to go right to the bottom of the mid range. And then you're looking, yeah, someone around rank 10. Evloed, Sadiq Youssef. Youssef, that's right. Yeah. Barbosa. Tough break, but Cater, he's got, he's got more time. He's got more time. For sure, for sure. Right. Co-main event. Um, this is, well, we're going to go through the rest of this card. This is uh, fight number one uh, that we're going to talk about of nine, which had a hellacious uh, finish. Kevin Holland defeats Tim Means by a dust choke in round number two. And I've got to say, quietly impressed with Kevin Holland here in this performance. Tim Means, uh, you were slightly ragging on him before in our preview episode. Uh, going like, ah, get this old bum out of here sort of thing. You weren't that impressed. Tim Means is a really good test to see whether you can start fighting ranked fighters. If you can't get past Tim Means, it's kind of the Brad Tavares sort of thing, isn't it? If you can get past Tavares, hey man, you got Brunson waiting for you, you got fucking Vittori, great. If you can beat Tim Means, according to Kevin Holland, he's got Sean Brady waiting for him. We'll get to that in a moment, but Kevin Holland in this fight, got to say, very impressed created these chaotic exchanges in which then he then produced really strong technical straight punches oh, straight down like, the pipe joe straight <laughs> beautiful so good yeah. so good so good really absolutely impressed with how he approached this because he knows tim means straight technical fighter he's got his absolute you know got his abc's absolutely correct he knows i need to make it a bit scrappy and then make it technical in that wild exchange. Really well done from him. And an excellent finish to get to the dance choke as well, as you'll uh, tell us uh, tell us all about. Yeah, I mean, it certainly was. Uh, it started with one of these straight shots down the barrel, which, which rocked, rocked Means. Um, Holland then kind of tied up in the clinch, worked Means down to the ground in, in Means' kind of state of dishevelment and confusion after that <laughs> big shot, and sunk in a dance choke, smooth as you like. So... Good stuff yeah. from the black belt, Kevin Holland. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, forget that he's trained by Travis Luder, isn't he? So, uh, no scrub. No scrub. No scrub. Now, the thing is, he's saying that he wants to fight uh, between welterweight and middleweight. What do you think, Joe? No, stick with stick with welterweight and go to middleweight after you've like gone through welterweight. You know, he clearly doesn't like the dieting side of it. Go through welterweight, try and get a run together. Get in there. Try and fight some rank guys. Um, someone like a, you know Michelle Pajeda, you know, would be a good one. But Sean Brady, hell of a test to put out there for yourself and to be like, I can take on these wrestlers. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah, right? yeah. Props to him. I mean, it's, uh, it's I'm slightly incredulous at, at seeing that and hearing that, given what happened at, at middleweight against Brunson and against Vittori. Um, mm. But you know we do we do give that assumption that at fifteen pounds lighter they're going to have a harder time taking down a faster man who's got a lot of range, eighty one yep. inch reach uh, for for Holland at welterweight that is pretty tough uh, for the likes yeah. of Sean Brady for example. So I'm interested to see it. Uh, I, I'd rather I'd rather have a slightly less active Kevin Holland if he can continue to uh, number one uh, fight at welterweight and number two. Keep the streets clean and safe for the citizens of America. I can't believe he did it again. On Friday, before the fight night card, he did it again. This man is insane. Again, just what was the crime that he stopped this time? I think someone had stolen from a shop that Kevin was uh, frequenting. He was in an Italian restaurant after the weight cut. And uh, this the the criminal tried to get away and Kevin chased him down. This is like the seventh or eighth time this has happened. In like the last year. I, mean, I think this might be a statement on the kind of places that Kevin is. is hot. <laughs> I'm not sure he's... You know. but, yeah. but anyway, props to him. Props to him. Good stuff. On to the yeah. next fight, Joe. <sighs> My heart just skipped a beat. <laughs> this, is, this is our main event, isn't it? Joaquin Buckley turned up in Austin and put on an absolute ass whooping against Albert Durayev. He, he passed the Dagestani wrestler test, Buckley, and with flying colours, finishes with a doctor stoppage. 
uh, at the end of round two, going into round three. And because uh, Duraev's eye was, let's just say, completely shut. And he wanted no more of that smoke, brother. He didn't want anything else to do with Buckley. Who, uh, less, this was his best performance in the UFC. Like, clearly his best performance he in the UFC. He was excellent. Excellent. Now, on paper, this is a matchup in which you would fear for Joaquin Buckley. Um, yeah. Definitely ha- looks a bit limited in in that department. He's not quick enough to sprawl. He's too heavy with his hands. He's vulnerable to these wrestlers. Uh, Derive himself said as much off the back of a training camp they had once had. It was very dismissive of yeah. your boy. <laughs> Our boy. Yeah, I mean, the boy, Joaquin. And he looked absolutely excellent. He was really mixing in his shots. He was still throwing uh, high kicks. It was a high kick that uh, that started Darius' descent into oh, oblivion. Absolutely, sent sent him flying. Sent him flying. Like, no, Darius does manage with some credit in that he ate that. He ate that. Yes. He no sold it, having got shin to face. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, physics caught up with him, and his eye ballooned up. No questions about the stoppage for me. Um, yeah. Really fantastic display. And, you know, Joe, <laughs> this man to, is we... a star. He's, a, he's great. He's amazing. Like, the energy he has, the kind of aggression, ferocity, but he's also, you know, well-mannered. And, well, you know, you, know, you know I'm about to drop the promo that he cut post-fight right here for the listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, it comes the end. 10 seconds, round number three. Declaring your winner by TKO Joaquin Numenzo Buckley! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin, there seems to be a little bit of animosity between you two at the beginning of the fight. I don't know where it stemmed from, but how good does it feel to put it into it in that fashion? It, it don't stem from nothing, man. This is war when we come out here in this cage, man. We ain't friends, man. We enemies, but when the bell rung and the referee called the fight off, that's when we get that love back, baby. So it's all good. No animosity, man. I love that boy. He's my brother. If you take a look up here, you were able to defend takedowns, and it was your straight left hand that did so much damage to him. Did you guys know that those strikes from that side would be available to, against them? That's going to be available on anybody I fight, you know what I mean? But more than anything, I wanted to show my wrestling defense, you know? He took me down a couple times, but he was supposed to hold me down. He didn't do that. I got my ass back up, and we got to fight again. Joaquin, you said that in your last fight, you were disappointed that you didn't seem as fresh as you wanted to as the fight went on. You seem great tonight. What have you changed that have allowed you to be this good this late in the fights. Just my coach right here, Justin Hardy, man, he put the conditioning on me. We did a lot of running, running, you know what I'm saying? Non-stop, man, until I couldn't go no more. And then eventually, man, later on, through my camp, I started beating my own records, you know what I mean? So, man, just hard work, man, just hard grind. Going back to that blue card and stuff, man. You already know. But one, one more thing, man, I just want to thank the UFC. I want to thank everybody. Austin, I love y'all, man, for coming out and showing me so much love. Y'all so dope, man. But guess what? UFC keep putting me out here for these live arenas, man. And I'm telling y'all, I'm going to be knocking folks out because of this energy, baby. Let's go. I love all y'all. Thank you. Well, congratulations on the master fight. You've never looked better. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Joaquin Buckley. I love the fact that he just beat this guy up and he said, nothing but love. That's my brother right there. (laughs) That's my favorite part of it. It's just he's put an absolute ass whooping on this dude. They had a bit of heat before. And, he, and then he was just like, that, that's my brother out there. And it's like, well, I don't know if he feels the same, but fair play for you, Joaquin, for putting that out there. And hopefully that feeling uh, is felt the same by uh, Duraev. But my God, ah, Buckley fu- is just... Fuck he- that guy. Fuck Duraev. <laughs> he was yeah, so dismissive. He, 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 he needed yeah. that himself. He needed yeah, that you're absolutely You're absolutely right. And my word, Buckley, just... I, I just the man is just... A whirlwind of energy. How, and how, how can you not want to watch this guy fight every single time? Like the UFC needs to get the team behind him and they need to pick pick the right fights for him. Uh, because, you know, he's not quite there. He's not can't mix it with the cream of the crop just yet. I hope that he can get to that kind of level. Mm. Uh, which brings us on to what's next. Is he ready for, you know, these guys 
ranked 10 to 15 at middleweight, the likes of uh, Shapazian. <laughs> Somehow, Jeez. somehow, is still in the rankings. Uh, How? Yeah, it's. I mean, we'll get we'll get to the rankings uh, well, the next the next fight. Like this is not is, the most ex- outrageous example of. By the way, is is Weidman still ranked? Ra- Weidman is fourteenth, Joe. Brad Tavares, off. as you you know, he's still the test at number twelve. I th- I think Joaquin the, the, can. Well, Tavares has won two fights in a row, so I'm not going to be. I think Joaquin can get in there with these guys. Okay, is he ready? This is... I think he's ready for like a rankings contender fight. So we're talking about maybe maybe if Chris Curtis if he wins at the weekend. That sort of fight. Chris Curtis has maybe. upset some streaks. I want to I want to protect Joaquin a little bit. I, I kind of fancy Whiteman. <laughs> kind of fancy that. I what about what about uh, is Mirshart still around? We could uh, set that. Joe. I'm talking rankings for the boy. Put some shine on his name. Oh, Beershot is uh, scheduled to fight Bruno Silva. Uh-huh. Um, it's bum territory, Joe. Uh, Christoph Jotko, maybe. I don't know. Uh, what, are we looking for? Are we, are we just looking for someone to, what, for, for Buckley to Weidman. wipe out? Yeah, smoke well, you know what? He's so slow wrestling anyway, <laughs> it's a test. Smoke him, Wait. pack him off, <laughs> and keep the star shooting higher. Wait, so that would be the wrestler test. It's just like he's completed wrestling. That's it. No then more wrestlers you, after that. He's totally legitimate. Then you, then you give him Darren Till. Because <laughs> they had that exchange backstage, if you remember that. I don't. That sounds fantastic, though. Buckley got up in his face and he said, like, let's go. Let's do it. And Till's just like, yeah, sure. Buckley walks off and then Till turns to Chimaev and he said, like, I don't know who that is. Um, and then... Chimaev was like trying to stare Buckley down. Now we know Chimaev doesn't want any of that heat, okay, <laughs> but for his own sake. Um, but maybe they could give him the easy run. The Weidman who's washed, Darren Till who's probably going to lose to Hermanson in a, in a couple weeks, um, then a title shot. <laughs> it makes sense to me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Joaquin. Joaquin, anytime you want to come on the show, come on. It, I uh, think. I mean, really. We might need to change the cover art. There's a new, there's a new man in town. Yeah, the body of a of a god. Uh, I mean, just I, I I just love him. I just love his energy. I, I absolutely love the just how he cuts the promos. It's so you know, authentic, though, Joe. That's just him. That's just him yeah. living his normal life. It would be this. It's it, not. This... He could be could be buying <laughs> bread and eggs, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> the energy's the same. Yeah, now, exactly. Listen, now we've got to get on to this next fight here. Yes, I, I love this oh fight. Oh my God, that lightweight. Damir Ismagulov beats Kutaladze by decision. Kutaladze is a no-wiki wonder. How? He doesn't have a this Wikipedia guy, page, Joe. This guy owns. He absolutely um, owns. This guy owns. He is so good. Um, and by the looks of it, Kutaladze, this is his... Second fight in the UFC? I can't I check his Wikipedia, Joe. I don't know. Hold on, hold on. No, Give it, me two no seconds. it is. In his first fight, he beat Gamrot. Which is insane. These are the two guys he's faced. Is Gamrot. He's faced uh, Gamrot and Ismagulov. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, real deep, deep end of the pool, isn't it? Like, this Joe, is, doesn't get easy. Joe, what it is is obscene. Now, let's let's just be clear here. Uh, Ismagulov has looked amazing in his run in the yeah. ufc uh yeah. this is a man who let me just flick to the rankings page. he's five and oh now I'm, I'm counting all the way from one to 15 the guy is what 23 and one now one to 15 five, cannot, five and oh in the ufc five and oh in the ufc been untested up to this point coming into this fight yeah. and he's unranked now kutaladze that poor fella can't even get a wikipedia page and he <laughs> he's beaten gamrot in his one who's 12th who's 12th and let me just uh, Gamrot do you, do you recall his record off the top of your head I think that's Gamrot's only loss he's 20 and 1 Joe 20 and 1 he lost to Kutaladze and then Kutaladze gets met, matched up with Ismagulov now look Joe how good were these guys they were fantastic by the way the the how they were changing to each other's game plans was absolutely superb so like Kutaladze was throwing like this like uh, right leg 
which was his rear leg, like kick, like right up the middle, sort of like um, the Machida Anderson Silva, sort of the, to the, the crane uh, kick. To the, the crane kick. But it was so exactly it was so fast, Joe. It was so fast, came out of nowhere. Shades of Barbosa, not in the muscular kind of definition with which he threw those kicks, but with the speed that he could get it up and down. Yeah, it it, it could come in the same like an uppercut. It could come from a hook. It could come yeah in an exchange out of nowhere. He was able to spin. Also, almost caught his yeah, yeah, yeah. with a spinning a spinning kick. Glanced the side of the head. I mean, the guy looked also incredible. The hand fighting and clinch fighting as well was really good. Like the strikes that were coming off the clinch, fantastic from Ismogulov. These two were absolute, and how they adjusted to each other again, as we talked before. So like, um, Kut- uh, oh no, I got it wrong there. Kutaladze sort of like threw this like axe kick. So like, Ismogulov puts his hand up the next time he goes to feint it, and he just throws a body kick instead. And then, oh, there was that slightly a dodgy ending as well with that sort of like knee to the chest that Herb thought was to the head. Did, I don't know how you feel about that. It was to, sort of. it was to the neck area. I think it was a tough position for Herb to be in. Uh, yeah. However, the, the, the bit where I'd bring that moment in is when we talk about the overall scoring. Now, it was a split decision. Uh, mm. How did you have the fight, Joe? I had it uh, two rounds to one for Ismogulov. Oof. See, I had it two rounds to one for Kutitiladze. Which one? Which ones do you give Kutitiladze? Uh, I believe it was the first and the third. The th- uh, I gave the second and the third to uh, Ismagulov. Now, Ismagulov. Now that's where this moment with Herb Dean uh, stopping what he thought was an illegal knee on the mat, but actually probably was a fair knee whilst they were scrambling, and Kutitiladze landed on on top. He was in a dominant position to close out that third round. I think with that intervention, without that intervention from Herb, yeah. he would have been given that round. I, I probably agree. Mm. I probably agree. It was real borderline, wasn't it? It was very, very borderline. Did you notice, by the way, with Ismogulov, the sort of like weird twitch. right eye, the twitch Joe, he's thing? Just, he's... he's just calibrating the jab. That's what he was doing. He was just measuring <laughs> his ankles because that man has got the fundamentals down. Now, we've talked about yeah. Kuta Zaladze, but... Uh, Ismogulov's management of distance and timing yeah. was yeah. the best I've seen in the UFC. By the way, I loved also how both of them were using their feints as well. Like the feints are starting to become much more of like a tool that's used within MMA now. And we'll talk about that with the, the bantamweight fight that opened this card. Uh, the main card, I should say. Um, so like Ismogulov sort of feinting for the takedown and then like throwing shots to the body off of that. It was excellent how they both just layered their sort of offense off of different skills and techniques. Um, yeah, fantastic. Oh. Shall we talk about rankings? Well, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm itching to go. I'm itching to go here. Let's talk about now, it. Look, your boy can't even get a Wikipedia page. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, what is yeah. going on? How can you match Kuta Taladze up with Isma Gulov and Gamrot whilst you've got the likes? I mean, the the guys who are sitting there in the top 10, when you've got Sharukian, Gamrot, Ismogulov, and uh, now Kutataladze as well. Makachev, obviously, has beaten everybody in the division that they'll match him up with. And he, he can't, but barring one aberration, he can't get a title fight yet. Uh, Joe, honestly, honestly, be real, all right? I'm going to yeah. say some names here. And yeah. and you can take just a amalgamation of Gamrot, Sharukian, Kutataladze. Who you can just yeah. think. You don't even have to think specifics. I'm just talking okay. about the tier of fighter here. And I'm going to say, does that tier of fighter beat Tony Ferguson? Yeah. What about Rafael de Sanjos? I think he's. I think RDA is the test for those guys. But I think I would back three of those four to beat. RDA. You wouldn't give it to Gamrot? Kutataladze would be the one I'd be a bit like... Wow. That would be an interesting test. I think he could beat him. The other three, I'd be pretty sure they would beat him. Right. Uh, Gaethje? Oh. I think Gaethje's so wild that he can sort of drag people into his fight. But... Uh, j- oh, hold on. Are we, are we including Sarukian in this? I'm including in Sarukian, yeah. Oh man, I think Sarukin smokes him. I think I think Sarukin absolutely smokes him in one round. 
This is why it bugs me, that Poirier-Gaethje matchup that's being made, and everyone's sort of, like, creaming them tra- their trousers over it. The fact that Charles Oliveira is ranked number one. Okay, I get that. He's the champ, really, but he's not on officially. How is Makachev not number two? And then how is Poirier and Gaethje ahead of Dariush? How are they ahead of, well, Chandler? I mean, Chandler's won recently. Poirier and Gaethje have had three title fights. Both had an interim title fight that they won, and they have had two official title fights that they've both lost convincingly. They should not be in the top five. I don't care who they Do are. I don't care about how big their name I'll t- is. I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is. How? How? By the way, and uh, this is the fucking elephant in the room, as always. Conor McGregor ranked eighth. Now, Conor McGregor is the most outrageous example, but all of these guys, you can flip it on its head, Joe. You can flip yeah. it on the division on its head. These guys aren't even in the rankings, good to the lads, ain't Ismagulov. Ismagulov has won six fights in a row. He's 24 and 1 or 23 and 1. Uh, he will absolutely run through, I'm sorry, he will run through Poirier, Gaethje, Chandler, RDA. Conor McGregor and Tony Ferguson. Yeah. All those guys are in the top ten. Closer to yeah. a to a title fight than than him. I mean, it, it's it's crazy, and it's what it is is that you're talking about a Georgian fighting a Kazakh Russian. Did you? I mean, if you want to know why it is like it is, did you see the the post fight uh, interview with this Magulov? Yeah, yeah, bless him. Bless his cotton socks. He tried his best, but he doesn't have that Piotr Jan <laughs> charm, does he, with his uh, with his uh, with his promos. So, yeah, it, it it's ridiculous. So he ain't selling out MSG with Connor any anytime soon. No. No, bless him. Um yeah, I mean, I'm actually looking at these rankings. Dan Hooker at 13. Joe, it's crazy. It's crazy. Diego Ferreira, I can just about accept at 15. Yeah. I can, although saying that he's lost three in a yeah. row. Actually, I don't accept that. I, no, no, I don't accept that. Fucking hell. Like, yeah. I, I, actually, I'd accept Bobby Green in there ahead of some of these guys. It's ahead crazy. of actually. It's crazy. Bobby Green should be in there ahead of Connor, Tony, Hooker, and Fahey. Like, this is just ridiculous. Connor and Tony need to get cut from the rankings immediately. Tony's lost four fights in a row. One was an absolute life-changing beating. The other two were just complete domination. And the third and the fourth one was a brutal, brutal knockout. He should not be ranked. The rankings, by the way, are decided by media members that the UFC choose. And when they do the rankings every week, after an event, they're given this list of the rankings, whatever, and they're given notes by the UFC on like, oh, we think this guy should be in and around this sort of thing here. And they do it every single time because they want the access from the UFC. They want to have access to the events, to the fighters, so they can have these interviews. That is why Conor McGregor is ranked 8th ahead of Armin Sarukian, who is 11th, ahead of Fazeev, who is 10th. Fazeev, Sarukian, Gamrot, fuck even Riddell should be in the top 10. Yeah, now look, fortunately for the listeners here on Hold, Hold on, I'm fired up, brother. I can't, I can't the Buckley energy is like <laughs> flowing through me right now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The Mansa Musa, uh, <laughs> the emperor, the magnate. Uh, now, look, yeah. fortunately, there is some bright spot in all of this, some good ray of hope. And that ray of hope is shining down on the listeners of Hold On and Talking Brother. Because mm. here, we tell it like it is, Joe. We're not compromised by UFC, money, sponsorship, tickets. Uh, no, not, not yet. And we're not bitter about it because we want <laughs> no. to preserve our independence. So, Dana, I'm sorry. Your email no. is not getting read because we no. need to say how it is. This is some bullshit at like You can offer us the finest Las Vegas hookers. We're going to still tell it how it is on this podcast. I, an evening with Dan, it wouldn't be enough, even in Las Vegas. Anyway, telling, telling you how it is, uh, USADA just simply does not work. Gregory Rodriguez beats Julian Marquez. I mean, Marquez took about eight unnecessary shots in this. Uh, whoever, who was the ref? Was it Beltran? Uh, for this I fight? think it was Beltran. <laughs> Beltran was just like, I want to see this fucker go down. Like that was that was his, and he went down like an absolute sack of shit. Like his feet went underneath him, and Marquez flat on his back 
as Rodriguez, whose nickname is Robocop, by the way. Great. Uh, and, and as Tom was telling me before, is just about 30 years old and looks like Vandalay Silver as he does now. <laughs> like, it's not... Yeah, there's a few interesting things about Gregory Rodriguez. It's also that man is six foot three. <laughs> He's fucking enormous. He does not look like that kind of size, Joe. He... He doesn't look that age, he doesn't look that size, and he doesn't look like he's got that speed. Like, when I saw him, uh, they were showing some clips of his previous fights, and I was like, there's some serious shades of 40-year-old Jackeray here, where he's just kind of like motoring forwards, (laughs) you know, the roids are just kind of affecting his muscle movements. Um, But he put on a beating against Marquez, who's legitimate guy in his own right with some good wins yeah. in the UFC and I thought sure. I thought Rodriguez looked phenomenal the diversity of yeah. strikes he was landing here <sighs> yeah that was it was so and really slick combos as well and also good single shots to like set up the combos Marquez was just absolutely frozen as well and then when he was rocked and just wing, <laughs> windmilling like just throwing these shots that were like getting nowhere near in the hope of keeping him off Rodriguez just Stepping back just a just a smidge, and then just coming back in and wiping him out. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, what's a performance from Rodriguez? Uh, brutal, brutal finish. And uh, I'm going to ask the all important question, Tom: Who's he facing next? Ooh. Well, off a, off a fight like that, you know, he's another guy who's right there. He's on the outskirts of the division, and you've got to think. Somebody like Weidman, like Shabazian, they don't want to fight. Sh- they don't want to Shabazian- fight Rodriguez. I'm looking, I'm looking at the rankings and Shabazian, whenever, whenever we bring up these rankings now with the middleweights that we've talked about before, and we'll get to another middleweight uh, in, a, in a minute, I just keep looking at Shabazian, I'm just like, damn, I've, he is in a bad, bad spot. He is in a bad place. Well, they should like, take, it, it, like, take him I, out of I'm, the rankings, Joe. I'm what? Well, yeah, they should take, take him out of the out, rankings. Give him a chance, the poor boy. But we could also see him next year after two fights in Bellator facing Musasi for the middleweight title, couldn't we? Like this is just—he's in—he's in a rough spot. He's in a rough spot. Right. Speaking of rankings, uh, freshly ranked, my favorite bantamweight fighter, Adrian Yanez, uh, defeats Tony Kelly. Tony, the racist Kelly, uh, who didn't want to get on a plane and put a mask on so he drove eight hours from uh, louisiana no it was 16 hours from louisiana to vegas for a fight at the apex center um yanez absolutely smoked this dude didn't he it was just absolute beat down yeah now um, i mi- i have to say i missed the pre-fight animosity and indeed it seems to post-fight animosity i, I know we're gonna <laughs> get onto that what what was the setup going into the fight between kelly and yanez uh, I think Kelly just said I'm going to knock you out and Yanez said I'm, I'm afraid you're not and then uh, he didn't and uh, knocked him out that's, that's at least what I know so I I, I got to say I feel like this was a bit of a gimme for Yanez yes yeah this this was knock this fool out if you want I've got to say as well Yanez catching the kicks even when they were landing on him and just re- keep going through it knowing that eventually I'm going to catch a kick and I'm going to have him prone so that I can land my shot. Because when you catch a kick and the person has to, you let go of their foot, that person then has to then land, reset, and then get back into position. And you're already going to be two steps ahead of him. Giannis kept doing that and was unloading on Kelly. And Kelly just kept throwing these kicks. Brainless decision. Absolutely brainless decision. And uh, Giannis as well, dig into the body as well. Um... Kelly took about maybe five shots too many. Not that I'm complaining. Um, again, I think it was one of those where Ref maybe uh, you know had a bit of money on Kelly and was hoping he could maybe recover and get back into this, but no, not to be. And uh, Yanez puts him away. Yeah. Again, super, super neat technique. And um, yeah, Yanez is... He's flying now in the UFC. He's flying, Joe. That's five fights in the UFC. Uh, I believe it's four performance of the night and one fight of the night. Uh, so that tells you all you need to know. Hot stuff, Adrian Yanez. And uh, this was really a display of masterful aggression, controlled violence. Yep. He, he knew his time was coming. 
he was hurting hurting Kelly every time, but not didn't quite see the opening to really be decisive. And when it came, he uh, mm. he dispatched Kelly with ease. Onwards and mm. upwards. Welcome to the big time at bantamweight. Gets a bit tough now, though, Joe. You are you seeing the name that I'm seeing? <laughs> I I mean I see 15 names in there. All of them sound like good fights. What is it that you like in particular? Frankie Edgar. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Have we? That seen, is. Have we seen? To me, that's tested against a, a wrestler of Frankie's caliber. Ex- exactly. Yeah. That's what I want to see. That's what I see. You could maybe have him face, you know, the loser of O'Malley Munoz. I mean, uh, against O'Malley, that sounds like a, a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, um, Joe, Joe, it's just endless here at Bantamweight. You're telling me you don't want to watch Yanez versus Song Yedong? Yanez oh, versus way, Rob Font? Beautiful you could start making... You, 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 could, you could make some of these fights as, like, fight night main events now as well. Yeah. You know, Yanez versus Edgar. I'd watch that for five rounds if it went that far. I think that that would be an absolutely sick fight, and uh, I think Yanis is up to it. Well, he re- and it, yeah, I, I absolutely just love watching him. I love his adaptations as well, you know, and his like fight to fight adaptations. Because when he fought, um, ah, what's your man's name who gasses out after one round? Um, Randy Costa. Costa was landing some big kicks yeah. on Yanis, and you could see that he didn't like that. So in this fight, adjusted to it, catching the kicks. And punishing Kelly for it. Fantastic performance. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, I mean, we could be here all pod talking about this card because we had a series of prelim knockouts as well. Uh, unfortunately, we do <laughs> yes. need to move on to bigger things. But quick shout out to, uh, to I guess, Roman Delice and Phil Hawes would be the standout performances for me on the prelims. Yeah. Yeah. Delice, particularly with getting his knee up in that clinch position, was very impressive. Um, by the way, Delize Dorcas opening this. What a fight to start, start this card. It's wild. This is better than last weekend. I'm sorry. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, the title top fight to bottom. on this. And it's unbelievable, these prelims. Yeah, top to bottom. This is incredible. Phil Hawes beating the absolute shit out of Darren, Darren Wynn. Uh, I didn't like this. De- just... No, I, I didn't, this shouldn't have gone on as long as it did. By the way, why, why didn't Darren Wynn's like, corner throw in the towel? Like that last ninety seconds, he didn't need to be in there. I, Get him out of there. Like, what I, to save to save his prize? I just don't know what's going on there. Like I, I, I'm really trying to see some angle now. Whilst we've seen other fighters here take a big beat down and never really come back, at least Marquez when he was when he was eating shots, he came out swinging. And you thought, yeah, he can catch Rodriguez here. He's not liking this. He's, this is going to hurt in the morning, but he's still in the fight. There was no point whatsoever where Darren Wynn looked like he was going to change this fight in any way. No. He started swinging, but it was far too late. Like, he was just done. He was absolutely done at that stage. And it was like... He wasn't even close to Phil Horse. I don't understand as well. Darren Wynn is a very short man for the middleweight division. He's obviously... I mean, maybe not to the extent that DC was at light heavyweight and heavyweight. But why then does he then fight with... Hold up. I've got to contest that. I can't let that one go unchallenged. Darren Wynn is five foot six at middleweight, Joe. At middleweight, you have to be able to fight... Luke Rockhold, you know. Oh no, no, no! What I meant was, what I meant was that DC didn't have that much of a disadvantage. As, That's what I'm. As yeah, Wynn. okay. We're on. Yeah, the sorry, sorry. I was, Darren I wasn't Wynn clear. Is totally mismatch in this division. Fight probably shouldn't have been made, and I mean, it's just taking years off Wins' life. But, he, but he's he. I don't understand this. That there's like this. There seems to be a blueprint with these sorts of guys, particularly the wrestler, is that you have to do the mummy guard thing that that Cormier did. You have to hand fight. But Wynn's got his head, hands planted next to his head, meaning that he's got so much further to go, and he's got no way of stopping it. Yeah, it opens you up for body shots and whatnot, but it then opens you up then for when a body shot comes, you can hook your hand underneath and get into the wrestling exchanges. Anyway, just utterly bizarre matchmaking. Uh, one more maybe off of this. Ramos. Uh, Jeremiah, what's that? Not Ricardo Ramos yeah. with another. Ramos, yeah, yeah, great over. spinning. Yeah, got him uh, up against the cage and landed that spinning elbow because there was nowhere for him to go. And then Wells, Jeremiah Wells finishing Court McGee. Lovely combo with a uh, beautiful left hook right, at the end of it. Yeah, right on the end of the punch. Really the one that just turns the jaw to the side and folds the opponent. Great knockout in a sea of amazing knockouts. Great card. If you haven't seen it yet, What's your favourite knockout? What's your favourite one? 
Or your favourite finish, if you're going to include the dust choke. Ooh. A moment, yeah, a moment of silence there, Joe. Because this, like, my favourite fight was Ismagulov Kutateladze. Yes. My favourite body is Joaquin Buckley. Of course. <laughs> uh, but if I'm thinking about a finish, it's some really tough competition. I guess I kind of lean towards. Rodriguez. Yeah, same. Same. I, was, I, I, I really like that one a lot. By the way, can I just shout out the women's fights? Uh, no, two really no, good you, women's fights. You can't do that. Two too. women's Joe. Yeah, very very quickly. Maria Oliveira, Gloria De Paula, really good scrap. And then also Natalia Silva uh, put on a absolute clinic um, against Jasmine uh, Jazza Devicious. There we go. I got, just about got it out there. Uh, really good performance from her as well. Fantastic card. Fantastic card. Fant- fantastic card. Anyway, it's very we're running out of time here. Let's talk about next week's card. Should we start with the main event of Armand's or should I go my usual thing of going up the card and uh, just talking about it? Joe, under your guidance we can go wherever you want. Let's go. Let's start with the main event. Armand Sarukian will face Matthias Gamrot. Joe are you trying to set me off cool. again? What's the pronunciation? No, nah, it's not. It's not the pronunciation. It's this matchmaking. You've got two <laughs> absolute killers. Why are they yeah. fighting each other? Why now? You, you, you say that this should be safe for later. I'm saying Kutataladze has just fought Gamrot. Kutataladze yeah. and Gamrot have already had a fight. Surukian has already fought Makachev. Yeah. There is plenty of absolute sitting ducks for either of these guys lining the division they're, ahead. They're not. They're not going to take. They're it. trying to neutralise these guys. It's bullshit, Joe. How is Makachev? I was. I, I, I've spoken in favour of Makachev fighting uh, uh, Dariush. Oliveira. No. no oh, Dariush. Sorry. No, no. I've spoken in favour of that because two two wrestlers. How they match up? Okay. Keep it fresh. Keep the strikers. Whatever. But when you take the whole picture of these killers being matched up against each other to try and blunt each other, mm. to try and limit them so that you don't have to match them up against the top of the division, it's bullshit, Joe. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy about mm. it. Yeah, because you, know you know that the loser of this, they're not getting a favourable matchup in their next fight. They're not getting Dan Hooker. No. They're not getting... No, they're, it's like, yeah, go, go fight Mark Madsen on the, uh, on the prelims of some fight night that no one's going to watch. Like, well, you that's know who they you, they're going to get, Joe. They're going to get... It's Magulov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like, yeah, loser of that, see you later. Sort turns of out, yeah, turns yeah. out he wasn't any good. He's lost two fights in a row, you know? Yeah. Not, oh, like to- yeah. not like Tony or not like... Yeah, the... exactly. Exactly. But no, anyway, I, I, anyway, that man who's going to lose this fight is Gamrot. Sharukian's too good. He's too, yeah, he's too, I, good. He's too uh, good, Joe. He's too fucking yeah, and, good. And he's big as well. He's filled out in the division. And he's young. He's only 25 years old. The guy's amazing. And he's going to fight a, Makachev again for the belt soon. I can't wait. There was a, that was a real feeling when you rewatched that fight, is that these guys aren't done. And I kind of feel the same way about uh, Ismagulov and Kutataladze, is that I feel like these guys could fight again. Absolutely. And so they should. And so they should. I'm just really worried about, you know, we've got to do some clearing out. I've got to clean up lightweight. It is the premium division. We have the fighters. Enough. Well, it's like, it's like also if Poirier is going to become a celebrity fighter, again, just take him out of the rankings at that stage. I know they're not going to, but like... Joe, how many celebrity fighters can we have here? We've got, you know, we've... Got... Yeah, fuck them off. Fuck them off into their own division. It's around about 170, 155, 170. Have them fight Nate Diaz or some bullshit like that that I don't care about. Like, you know, whatever. Anyway. What we need to do... So... I've, I've yeah. had a revelation, Joe. Yeah. Right. We get Ismagulov into English yeah. school. Yeah, okay. And then one hour a week he meets with Joaquin. Oh. The meeting of worlds. The meeting of minds. Promo East class. East and West. That- <laughs> yeah, promo class. Exclusive with Joaquin. Wow. Yes. That'd be incredible. Right, co-main event. Now, this fight was apparently going to be the main event, but uh, it's been uh, bumped into the co-main event. Three-round fight between Neil Magny and Savkat Rachmanov. Man, Neil Magny, fair play to him. He he is that guy who is willing to take those fights. When he was offering to take Chimaev, it was clearly for real because he is fighting Rachmanov, who is 
no scrub whatsoever, and I think potential welterweight champion. Yeah, you're pretty hot on Rachmanov, Joe. You've, you've said yeah. so before. I think first time he came into the UFC with that hat, I did warn you. Uh, I do. <laughs> I think you didn't. I remember. I remember. Yeah, uh, but since then, I, I was. I was a little bit like, all right, let's just wait and see. But since then, I've been wowed. Like, this guy blew me what away. Should, what should we be looking out for going into this fight from Rachmanov? What, what are his real strengths? His, his real strengths are his, uh, his kickboxing and then his ground and pound. Uh, his ground and pound is very reminiscent of actually Volkanovsky's in that he sort of stands over them with this triangle base with this downward pressure that is near enough impossible to get out of. And it is hellacious hellfire ground and pound and if magni is on his back at any stage he is probably going to get taken out of there like i think rachmanov might be able to finish him uh which is a hell of a feat i mean how many people have finished magni uh, ponzanibio is the only one that stands to mind uh did rda finish him at welterweight i can't remember i'll look that up in a moment but yeah we could be looking at um yeah, a real standout moment here. Uh, yeah, he lost... Uh, he's actually been finished a few times. Uh, Damian Meyer, Lorenz Larkin, RDA, Ponzinibbio. They've all finished him. Yeah, but in, in very different styles. Um, yeah. Now, look. Props to Magni for taking the fight. <laughs> Let's start off with yeah. that. Props to Magni. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, these other guys aren't taking those fights. The, the same kind of matchup no. in lightweight that we've just been lamenting. So, first yep. of all, good for Magni if he takes it. Obviously, a win for Magni. He's looking right back up the division again. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, excellent. What's next? Uh, Josh Parisian versus Alan Bordeaux at heavyweights. Um, sounds sloppy. I think I've... Yeah, sounds sloppy, whatever. Tiago Moises uh, versus Christos... Giagos uh, at lightweight. Uh, according to Tapology, uh, Giagos is the number 49 lightweight in the world. Uh, so, don't think we'll see him in the deep waters just yet. Um, his current streak is one loss. So, I don't think... Uh, not quite as excited for that now. Here we go. This is a good one. This is a good one. Bantamweight fight here. Umar Nurmagomedov versus Nate Maness. Uh, Maness, by the way, uh, 14 and 1 uh, on a current I think it's a 6 fight win streak have I got that right? no 4 wins sorry my mistake 4 win uh, fight uh, streak I got the feeling though this is a um, highlight reel potentially for Nurmagomedov there have been a few now Joe um, been mm. a few now another guy who's just out there at bantamweight lurking lurking outside the top 15 <sighs> Yeah, I think they're going to let him just simmer for a bit there and uh, wait a while before sort of pushing him up the rankings. Also, Umar Nurmagomedov, more well-known for his kicking game than his grappling game, although he does obviously have that grappling game there. And then last of all, guy me and you are both big fans of, Chris Curtis against Adolfo Vieira. Curtis, who had spent a long time on the regional scene, finally gets a shot in the UFC, comes in, knocks out our boy Phil Hawes, okay, uh, a bit of an upset specialist. Uh, didn't you have a fight not that long afterwards where he came from behind? And he absolutely did. Show. It's been a real feel-good story for Chris Curtis. Mm. Um, what are you thinking of this uh, against uh, Adolfo Vieira? Uh, I hope it continues. Uh, I certainly want to see more of Chris Curtis. He's a, he's a fun guy. He's got good energy. And um, I think he brings more to the, to the ecosphere of um, UFC than Adolfo Vieira. So I hope for a win... Uh, now, mm. I just want to revisit that win <clears throat> over Phil Hawes. Yeah. That's aging pretty well. It's aging very well. Hawes is kind of like one of the best unranked guys at middleweight. I mean, there's quite a few now. Obviously, Buckley's number one. Hawes, Chris Curtis, Drickus Duplessis. You know, these are all guys who are unranked. All strikers as well. Middleweight's starting to like simmer up a few more strikers up through there. And as you say... As we point out with most of these divisions, there's some easy prey waiting for you there. I'm looking at you, Uriah Hall, at 9, Gastelum at 10, Tavares at 12, Weidman at 14, Shabazian oh, at 15. Sure. Jesus. Clear Get them, them all. Clear them out. Get them out. Get them out of there. Get them the like, fuck Joe, out of the there. The sport is so hot right now. Yeah. It's enough. Enough with the old card. 
enough. By the way, get Andre Muniz. He should be pushed up there as well. And I'm actually thinking this: if Hermanson beats Till, get Till out of there, man. Like enough of this shit. At least our boy Rob is keeping it tight up there at the uh, top of the middleweight rankings. We can always rely on him to deliver. Right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. What an episode! Fucking hell, that was that was dense. Uh, let's uh, wrap this up here, Tom. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think we can safely guarantee that with a preview of UFC two seven six. Adesanya versus Cannoneer and Volkanovski versus Holloway 3. Can't wait well for as, that, Joe. Cannot wait. As well as a uh, talk about this week's Fight Night card as well. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the fights as much as we did. And uh, Tom, I'll see you next week. See you next week, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. <laughs>